Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Night Nation podcast. Thank you for joining us for the podcast that is supporting, growing, and promoting the board gaming hobby and community. Whether you are new to the world that is modern board gaming or a veteran of the art that is rolling dice and playing cards, we can all look forward to the next Game Night. Welcome, everybody, to the Game Night Nation podcast that I ended. This is not the Game Night Nation podcast. This is anything I want to put out there that I hope you'll enjoy. So this is boiling down to roundtable discussions with anybody I'm putting in front of these mics for everyone's enjoyment. That's how I'm rolling until we're open the doors and we launch the official Game Night podcast. Sounds good, Mike? Sounds good. All right. So, Mike, who do we have here tonight? So today we have uh, the two two of three designers from Poppy Jasper Games. We have Brian and Daniel. Brian and Daniel, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. You're supposed to say hi, <laughs> hi. so people can recognize your voice. Brian, say hi. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm Danny or Daniel. I go by Danny. That's okay. <laughs> and apparently the third party designer has been exiled to the frigid north and is not on the podcast right now. He's lost in the fog in Seattle, apparently. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, we played uh, a couple of your games tonight. Uh, the first was... Lost Woods. Lost Woods, <laughs> yes. and you guys kickstarted that one. Yeah, kickstarted uh, a year ago. Sounded like that was in design for a, a decade or so, which is yeah, probably yeah. true of all us uh, aspiring board game designers eventually eventually getting into it. <laughs> I mean, bravo for you know finally bringing it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Brian, Danny, uh, describe just you know quick what is Lost Woods, um, what kind of mechanics, what's your target audience, how does it play? Yeah, so Lost Woods is a family-friendly uh, trip through the woods, looking for gold, fighting enemies. Uh, very simple uh, mechanics, so great for dads and their kids to play together. Um, you basically explore using a map mechanic, and the map sort of grows over the course of the game, uh, fighting bigger, better uh, enemies until you find the guardians at the end of the woods, fight them, and get out. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of strategy that's also involved like there's combos you could do with spells and kind of depending on what you want to pick up or drop you know ends up uh, playing into it so, so you could get more into it and serious or you could kind of play it you know a little lighter so all right who else is around the table and let's talk more about lost woods oh i'm Alyssa. Alyssa, I'm welcome jill, jill welcome mm-hmm. Good games, as I crushed you all. It's true, it happened. I think, I, I think I won, actually, on the what? second game. Oh, <laughs> As I recall. That doesn't count. Yeah, we beginner's luck. Lost There's lots of, lots of beginner's luck. That was a fun one. Despite us trying to gang up and not let you win, uh-huh. you still managed to win. If you let me, I could have won. <laughs> it's because it had the, the magical unicorn's horn of epic destruction. That's true, you did. So yeah, let's just uh, start by kind of telling us a little bit about yourselves, kind of how you got into gaming. For me, uh, um, actually, I, I got into video game design, you know, a, a decade ago. Um, I went to school for that and took that whole route. But the thing is, like, as a child, I would play board games with my family. Um, so I'm like, so as far as board games go, I love like the family style. I'm just like easy and like just fun and raucous. 
Um, but then, so you know, I have a sidetrack question to that. Was there any breakout game that was the, the one-off game that totally was not like the other family games that totally made you into a board gamer? This is the crappy I question. Mean, it's going to totally fail. <laughs> he's going to have nothing. He's going to have nothing here. Nothing? Mine, mine nothing? is definitely HeroQuest. HeroQuest. Oh, okay. Lots yeah. of people with HeroQuest, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I still, like... I still try to get people to play Boggle and Scattergories. <laughs> you guys are just playing Boggle with it. Because it's just like they're really simple games, but like they're still fun to this day. You know, they're still around. Uh, well, like, and that's why they're still around, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were a big Yahtzee family. We played tons of dice checking <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, Brian, you? Yeah, so uh, played card and board games whole life. Played Catan when that came over uh, with the family. Um, played HeroQuest with my dad and Danny as, as uh, yep. kids. I uh, hear you also play Magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've played Magic on and off since 3rd edition, so 20 years playing Magic. That was definitely one of my ga- gateway drugs, <laughs> was Magic in high yeah. school. So you got some Black Lotuses in that deck uh, somewhere? A little bit too late for that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have some original Dual Lands, but um, yeah, so played Magic. Um, through junior high, it was too cool for it in high school, so I stopped playing. <laughs> uh-huh. Then I met Jill, and uh, we said I showed her magic. We went to the store and bought some magic cards. I got her into it. Uh, we played a lot. Um, I was actually playing competitive magic for uh, a few years, and then that got too expensive and time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian and Danny, whoever feels the inspiration first. What event or desire moved you from gamer to designer? Oh. Put the pressure on now. So we both design professionally. Um, so I, this sort of what got us into design and what has got us into board Games. game design. Yeah. Um, so I design medical devices for a living um, and have my whole career for the last 13 years. Um, so, but in terms of what got us into board game design, I don't know, it was just, we were hanging out one night and I had this idea for some map mechanic and mm-hmm. many, many, many iterations before yeah. it ended up finally as Lost Woods and it got shelved. So, yeah. unbelievably, ridiculously high levels of boredom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would, like, you know, make little maps or mazes or... You know, you'd yeah. like you know do things for like Zelda. You'd draw out the map. Oh yeah, <laughs> that sort of became like, oh, yeah, let's yeah. make a thing. It's not too hard, but like you make something that's terrible, and you're like, oh, this is no fun. But then, uh, as the person who had to do most of the places, <laughs> they were really, really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So you made that. it past that part. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true. So. Uh, in Lost Woods, you guys have the kind of RPG dice set. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have RPG history, or do you just like that dice set? Um, I think that the so the sort of part of the where that comes from is, um, you know, primarily I played games with my family who are not hardcore gamers, so um, I knew there was no chance of getting them into something that uh, step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make. Um, Lost Woods was partly inspired by making a game that, you know, I could play with my mom and she'd get into it. And so having that, you know, D20 full set experience without having to have the massive rules behind that and the 
and the role playing, which you know, I'm sure my parents wouldn't be comfortable with. And no charts, right? Yeah, no <laughs> charts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like I've, I have friends who like to play the three hour long, you know, epic board games, and like, Sick I can't, I can't do it. You know, it's like I try to do it, like, and it's like you see, there's fun mechanics going on there, but like. You know, it just comes down to like what kind of gamer you are and what you kind of the way you think in terms of designing things. Uh, so amazing, amazing segue. So <laughs> straight into my next question. Uh, to me, it seems like a lot of different designers will have a unique process. Is there anything that either of you two do specifically to guide you through your game design? I think it's starting with um, a problem that we want to solve. So for Lost Woods, it was a sort of family-friendly adventure game, and for Nomi, it was a game that you could play anywhere. And letting that be the starting point and letting the game sort of take you where it needs to go in terms of finding problems. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting in terms of Nomi. The I don't think we talked about it yet. The mm-hmm. background for Nomi was... I love the story. Go ahead and just lead us through it. Tell yeah, us the story. I love the story. So, um, so Nomi's our, our very simple card game, and... Uh, the inspiration came for it while I was listening to the Dice Tower podcast, and somebody wrote in a question a few years ago uh, to say, hey, what uh, what game would you recommend playing while standing in line at a convention? And Tom Vassell's answer was like, well, I don't know, maybe get out your iPad. Yeah, so I said, come on, that's got to be a, a problem that's solvable. So I thought about it for a while and came up with a mechanic that you could play entirely with cards in your hand without needing to play a surface at all. And... Just went from there. And, and, and yeah, I thought that totally worked. I mean, the, the mechanic is you deal a bunch of cards out, and there's no discard pile. You're just flipping active and deactive cards in your hand until all the players are eliminated. And it, yeah, you can play it in the car, play it in the line, anywhere. Anywhere. Um, last week, I was uh, on a trip in, in Denver, and we were out going for a hike. I happened to have it in my pocket, and my uh, friend was like, hey, you want to play that game? And I was like, well, I've never tried playing it while hiking before. So he was literally standing in front of me with a hand of cards, and I had a hand of cards, and we were just reading off our cards to each other and passing each other while walking down the trail. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it is epically portable. I think it's probably more portable than any other game. You know, you, mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. can do it anywhere. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that starting from that core problem or idea, and then just letting the game go where it needs to go to to, to finish. So like. Um, you know, figuring out what theme could match with that mechanic and then, um, you know, changing the cards as needed. Um, so like, there's a problem early in the game where um, there wasn't enough information for people to, to make good guesses on. So, okay, adding more cards to, to get more information and that kind of stuff. So why did you start Poppy Jasper as opposed to try and shop your game around in the industry? So I don't know if we mentioned it, that you guys are totally self Self-designed, self-published, yep. and then kickstarted all of these games. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, two successful kickstarters. Um, why? Um, I think we designed a game. Um, I mean, it, we started Poppy Jasper Games not to start a gaming company, but because we wanted to bring um, Lost Woods to Kickstarter, and we wanted to have an LLC as a sort of a, a corporate veil, <laughs> <laughs> safety net. want to ask it again so uh the reason we decided to to self-publish or even start a company was uh, because we had a game that we wanted to bring kickstarter 
And so I needed to form a company just to um, shield us if something were to go wrong with the Kickstarter. So the company was sort of secondary to that. Um, it always been a dream of mine to start a company, but I sort of wanted to see if we could successfully find a, a Kickstarter. Um, and just having a great experience going through the Kickstarter process with Lost Woods made us want to do it again. So, mm -hmm. I um, mean, before we were even done with Lost Woods, mm -hmm. we were like thinking about the next thing. Yeah. Which, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like they were definitely successful. Um, I think I'd asked, you know, future plans. It sounds like uh, Lost Woods was kickstarted and fulfilled, and mm -hmm. there's copies for sale on your web page. Plug it here. It's uh, poppyjaspergames.com. Uh, yep, yeah, and then we've also got Nomi, which just finished up its Kickstarter campaign and is also available for pre-order at poppyjaspergames.com. <laughs> Perfect timing, wonderful. And, and uh, we've got our third game in development, which is called Potion Crafters, um, mm. and we're working on that. It's actually a legacy game, so we are we're going full. <laughs> a lot more testing on that one, <laughs> all the way to the most complicated. <laughs> but I mean, it's what we're trying to do is have a again a family game that's easy to pick up and get into, but also brings on that legacy. Uh, experience that the hobbyist gamer is, is really into. So you do, do you foresee bringing in other designers or you just want to keep it in-house? Since you're going to try the legacy thing, you want to you uh, reach out to legacy designers or... No, I, I don't... We're not terribly interested in doing other people's stuff right now. Um, it's, you know, it's a... It's not a hobby. It's not a job. It's a, you know, hob. <laughs> and, uh, it's a jobby. <laughs> So, I mean, we're doing it for fun. We all have day jobs. Um, we do it on nights and weekends. So, um, you know, it's the, it's the challenge of coming up with a good design and going through the process of raising awareness and getting funding on Kickstarter. It's, it's fun for us, and that's why we do it. You may have just asked or answered my next question, and that is, uh, for both of you, what is the most enjoyable and exciting aspect of board game design? Seeing people react, like, in a uproarious way. Like, they're just having fun, and they're forgetting that this is something that you just came up with sort of idea like it makes it real like it's a a game that is you know can sit on a shelf with anything else as long as people are having fun with it yeah, yeah I, i'd say that for sure um you know the initial ideation of just you know coming up with that new idea and making the pitch for the first time saying what people think of it i enjoy that um I can i can definitely say that the last day of our first kickstarter was one of the coolest experiences of my life and just getting that much support and you know raising ten thousand dollars in a single day over a project right. that you came up with is, is a pretty amazing experience so brian danny do either of you have any particular favorite designers or board games that you think like oh my god that design is just perfect it's flawless i love that <laughs> Ooh, i don't know <laughs> um I guess uh, I do really like uh, Caverna, so uh, I haven't played too many of Uwe Rosenberg's games, um, but I do like uh, Caverna a lot, um, which is funny because it's definitely on the heavier end of the spectrum and we design much lighter games. Um, Danny, anything jump into mind? <laughs> Oh, it could be. It could be simple. The thing that popped to my mind was Uno. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> sort of like so appropriate. I was like, I like. I like to say Tetris is like the perfect, you know, simple game, and I don't know. Uno is just one of those games that you could just play and it's easy. And I don't know. You pull categories off the yeah, shelf. Yeah. Anything else? I, that's <laughs> what I was going to go. With. Categories. Categories mm -hmm. is, is good. So that, I mean, there's a lot of games out there that are 
it's the people you're playing with that make it fun. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. The, those old family games are definitely that way. So that was my segue question to open this up into a general, as I like to call it, roundtable discussion of all things board gaming and nerdy and everything. So what's everyone playing? What are you looking forward to? Jill, we haven't heard enough from you. Grab the mic. I don't know what we've been playing lately. I know. Um, you have something that you you wanted to any, play. Anybody. Oh, uh, we played Herbaceous at, uh, <laughs> which which one was that? Which commission uh, was that? Concert. Oh, and, and the designer was there. It was so pretty. Jill already had backed it, so I knew I could play her copy, yeah, but I, I wanted was, my own. I work in so me. Pretty. Feel free to name drop. Do you remember the designer? No. To the Googles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I work in the horticulture industry, so with the, the Herbaceous art, with all the pretty pretty graphics I, I had to get it but I haven't actually played it yet <laughs> so wait was, it, was this in the test play he yeah. was there but she uh, you weren't there that, I day. Wasn't there that day with pretty art I'm assuming they were releasing soon they were on Kickstarter at the time. On Kickstarter yeah, yeah, yeah. They're marketing it for Mother's Day release. So <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they said, oh, be there Oh, it's, it's Eduardo. Mother's yeah, it's Eduardo. Eduardo Barrett. Yeah. Sorry, Eduardo. Yeah. Not Kyle. He did uh, Tricks... He did that horrible game. He's done a few. He there's a gem one. Yeah, gem. There's the kids one. (laughs) This is just us remembering. This is now (laughs) epic fail. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eduardo. Go check out Google Eduardo Baraf. That's B A R A F. He's part of the League of Game Makers. Um, If you just Google League of Game Makers, he's written for them. He's done lots of videos for them. They do amazing game design and are supporting the community. Um, wonderfully go check out their page lots of awesome designers doing blog posts there and uh, check out Eduardo on pencilfirstgames.com that's where you'll find Herbaceous and his previous games uh, Pencil, Pencil First is that his design studio or company yes, I believe so must be pencilfirstgames.com we've also uh, been working through Pandemic Legacy as well Ooh, really? almost done what month are you on? Are we in... We just finished October. We lost October twice. <laughs> yeah, so we're now in November. Trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, so my group has just barely got through January, so... Uh, we're kind of... We're slow. <laughs> we're very spoilers, slow. No, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. <laughs> is, it a full, is it a full year? Yes. yes. I, I actually know, like, nothing about it. Well, it's legacy. That was not an pandemic. that was not an invite to tell us all about. It. <laughs> that was that was popular. That, that was popular enough. What other less popular games have people been playing? Uh-huh. I was going to say code names, but that's, that's very popular. <laughs> I've been playing uh, Dreamwell. Dreamwell just came in. Uh-huh. I backed that one. Um, it's let me grab it off the shelf. It's by Action Phase Games, and the art. Uh, so Dreamwell, the art is by Tara McPherson. Um, I I just got it in. We played. Uh, I played like three times or so. I really enjoy the the logical puzzle of it. Um, I love the art. It's all like crazy, dreamy, cartoony, bubbly. Little happy balloons. Your your, <laughs> your standees are little balloons. Oh, that's very cute. Um, but it's actually really good and strategic too. So you're moving your balloons around the randomly placed board to try to match up and collect these friend cards so you have to match the two the two animals on the correct background to be able to play the friend card but that's going to unlock a new ability so that you can do more things unlock more friends and the friends have interesting scoring methods so if you have you know two of this friend you score more and you move you can spin the tiles to align the dream gates to move more 
quickly. So there's actually a lot of logical str strategy there. So um, I'm interested to play with the nightmare mode. I really okay. like the game, but it needs like a little more crunch, and I think the nightmare mode might be it. Really been enjoying that one. Nice. And Mike, you just got a Kickstarter in as well? I did. Uh, Dale Emerson's too, but I think uh, Ryan wants to talk I'm about it. I'm super jealous. <laughs> My copy hasn't come yet. <laughs> but, I mean, Jill and I have been playing uh, Dale Emerson's the first game a ton and super looking forward to Dale Emerson's too. I mean, the original Dale Emerson's, I think it's fair to say it's the best two-player deck building game mm -hmm. I've ever played. Um, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you, were, you were talking about... Like, I'll go that far. How old is the original? Been out Four? Many... No. Hasn't I think it's, I think it's no? about a year. Been on the market about a year and a half. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. Been uh, playing it a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's funny because it actually almost has a bit of a feel of like a legacy game where it's like, all right, we played uh, these three combinations, and it's like every time you get to feel like, oh, there's another another animal I can add to the deck and try that one. So like every game you're you're um, exploring more, so you get that sort of feel like there's some new toy to open every single game and that last that feeling lasts surprisingly long amount of time as you get used to the different uh, I'm told we need to play that one Mike yeah 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 each uh, each animal race basically has its a different mechanic almost yeah and they bring us something a little different to the game and you only play with as many as there's people in the game so it's always different yeah it's, it's I think perfect. I'm planning with with two is to keep playing with one and then just only add one new animal from two at a time yeah. so you get that new experience every single game um Super looking forward to it. Jealous you got your copy already. <laughs> and, and I'm impressed. That's a little box, too. What's that run? I want to say 26, I think? Somewhere on there, yeah. 26 yeah. ship from Finland? It came from Finland? Nice. Yeah, the other incredible thing is... What, what's it, the stats on it? Uh, stats are 10 plus, 2 to 4 players, 30 minutes. Um, I'd say it's pretty accurate. Um, not only... It's one guy who did the game design, the art, ran the Kickstarter. Wow. The, the guy, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, so highly, highly recommend Dale Emergence. So what else? Um, we've been playing a lot of the others, but everybody else is talking about that. So we're going to skip it, because you want to... Mike, you mentioned Cry Havoc. I just saw it at uh, the local game store. Um, that one's uh, Portal Games um, design. I don't think Chevy Check was involved with the design, but I know uh, Grant Rodiak of Hyperbole Game was, and uh, I met him a little while ago and played some of his games at KubelCon last year. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Farmageddon, and uh, I really I think the first one I played was Hocus, which came out I believe he was promoting at DungeonCon this year. and then Farmageddon he was promoting at Kubla and he was co-designing on. This one, Cry Havoc, it looks really cool. It's a area control map based, very asymmetric, with uh, you know sci-fi player powers. And it has cool minis too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You're such a sucker for the minis. I am. I was uh, a little underwhelmed with them. They seemed kind of like standard board game fare. Not really like. Mm. I haven't got to touch them yet. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's the field. Yeah, it? it's the field. <laughs> Insert highly inappropriate joke here. Uh, I've also been really uh, excited on uh, Potion Explosion. Have you guys had a chance mm. to play that yet? No. Uh, so, my wife's not a big board gamer, but it's a really fun game with marbles falling down and you're building potions and you're using these special abilities to get more marbles, to build more potions. It's, it's a really fun game. 
Yeah, that one just came in. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I heard about that one. That was, looks really interesting. The other one I'm really excited for coming in is uh, Unusual Suspects. Uh, so it's kind of like a code names game, but a little more racist. <laughs> so, so I thought that one was already out. That was not out. No, well, it's uh, shipping this week, next week, sometime. Talking about great games that get even better when they get more racist. Adult, <laughs> adult. There, there is a code names adult version. That we pl- we just we played. played, it. played that That's what I'm plugging right now. That's at a, uh, Target uh, exclusive. How weird! It, it actually, yeah. it actually is a Target exclusive. Um, yeah, we ran that at the last um, game night. Uh, I'm running uh, game nights at Strike Brewing Company um, off 10th Street, uh, south of San Jose. Uh, trying to do every other Thursdays. Next one's coming up on the 13th and the 27th and or 9th, whichever is the two Thursdays after that one. Uh, and yeah, we played, yeah, the adult, not safe for work version of Codenames. But it was <laughs> Undercover. Oh, it's co- yeah, Codenames code Undercover. Undercover. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. It was great. Oh, it was good. Yeah. What's amazing is it was actually added another game level because it was regular game code names but then you also layered on this like naughty dirty aspect and you'd actually have to play both versions it's like wait are they just giving me a like a standard vanilla clue or is this a, like, like the dirty, dirty. The, the, <laughs> like wait no they what no that's not what they meant no that that they have to be in this other like vanilla oh but what if uh and you're like questioning whether people are talking like euphemisms or not. Like, is that a euphemism for tit? I don't know. It's, it's almost a little personal. It's like, oh, wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's everybody revealing here? Yeah, one game we had in one play had like BDSM, Whip, Punish, and Daddy. Like all in one, you know? It's like, well, this gets a little awkward. Yeah, everything's in there. It's hilarious. So enough about board games. Anybody else got any anything generally nerdy, geeky to share? Events coming up, things you've experienced, stuff to yeah. check out. Actually, it was Danny re- should tell us what video games he's designed. So it was actually very. <laughs> no, it was interesting because so I worked at this company uh, for six years called Gaijin Games, and they made the Bitrip series. They made Bitrip Runner, Bitrip Beat. Um, they went on to make uh, Bitrip Runner Two, which I was like the main level designer for. Um, they changed their name to Choice Provisions, you know, and all this stuff. But the funny thing is I stopped working there, like, six months ago. And just, like, last week they announced Bitrip Runner 3. So it's, like, very interesting because I was like, this feels like a child that I, like, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not working on it anymore. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting, and I, you know, I hope it, you know, turns out great. Uh, they're great guys. So, nerd story from Jordan. Uh, I took Graham to see... Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh my Excellent. god! I love the stop motion. I'm a I'm a painter. I'm a hobbyist, and to like watch that movie, I was just like blown away. I was like, I need to watch the making of after this. I have to watch the making of. And I showed it to my son afterwards, and he was he was blown away. He's like, he's like, that was real. Yeah. And it was just like it, it, he didn't he didn't even under he understood, but uh-huh. it's like. I just I just knew the weight of understanding that he wasn't understanding. Oh, but oh, that movie yeah. was incredible. I mean, the visuals, a little behind the, the presentation. The oh, oh yeah, it was amazing. amazing. Everybody, go see it. It's incredible. Wow. All I've been reading is business books. Yawn. Aww. 
we're going to Ren Fair. Yeah, Ren Fair tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that this weekend? Plug it. Plug it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the Ren Fair this weekend. Um, Cal Ren Fair yeah. down there in Gilroy, Casa de Fruta. Nice. We just sound like the biggest stand right now. <laughs> you got your kilt ready? <laughs> so, Danny, who, do you, yes who no? do you think you're talking yes. to? <laughs> I just every general audience, people here, whatever. You guys are nerds. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He said yes for Star Trek. Yeah, they were saying they're going to do the Star Trek uh, show up like you're in the so holodeck. Going like, <laughs> and I was like, they're going to have nerds looking down at you for like, ruining their fun. <laughs> Uh, there's always somebody. It's like that and Back to the Future. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Great Scott. Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Just follow you around all day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Game Night Nation podcast. For more great things board gaming, check out our Facebook page and sign up for the Game Night newsletter. Go to yourgamenight.com and click on Join Us. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jordan Nichols sounding off. Hoping you had a wonderful experience, a fun time, some laughs, learned some new things. Feel free to contact me directly at Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S at yourgamenight.com. This podcast and all its contents are protected by the Creative Commons license. Game Night and the Game Night Nation podcast are trademarks of Game Night Incorporated. 